When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Indeed it is Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad from XL Energy Center. Declan Goff from his home office. And we are coming to you after a 5-3 wild win against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Oilers tonight. Thanks for uh, joining us. As I'm sure we are populating the room, Declan, as we speak. They were they were there waiting for you. They were like, well, is Judd's hockey show gonna start? Is Dean I talking to, off Judd's ear? What's going on Dean over was there? Talking a lot. Eric Zanek talked, Flurry talked, Kaprizov talked through his oh, wow. interpreter and also with a bit of uh his own attempts at uh, putting together the what he thought about this game. But um a lot to like tonight and and we'll certainly get to some of the fortuitous things. That happened, um, but there's two things that I think Declan off off the jump are worth talking about. That is one the job that um, Joel Eriksonek, uh, Jordan Greenway, and Marcus Foligno did, along with uh, Middleton and Spurgeon against the McDavid line five on five. And the second is the night of Kirill Kaprizov. So in a matchup of superstars, uh, Connor McDavid, who was impressive, of course he always is. A goal, an assist, two points, two shots on goal. Um, Dreisaitl, uh, who is obviously the second-best player on the Oilers, exactly the same, a goal, an assist, and he had a couple shots. But Kirill Kaprizov, Declan, a goal, two assists, three points, a plus one, three shots on goal. And uh, they weren't going head-to-head, but in a game that featured two of the, the probably the two best 97s in the National Hockey League going right now, Kirill Kaprizov has a very impressive night. I think uh, compared to what we talked about after the Toronto loss, this was uh, this was the um, 180 of that. A lot to like about what the Wild did tonight. Yeah, you, you got to love when your superstars show up uh, against other superstars and honestly get the last laugh, if you will. And and yeah, a couple of good 97s out there and Connor McJesus and uh, Kirill Kaprizov. And Kirill ends up uh, with another big night, extends his point streak to 10 games. Who would have thought that Jim Dowd was the one who had that uh, record? I, I saw Former friend, Devil. I fr- saw our friend uh, Jesse Pierce have that mm-hmm. from the uh, Before We Die podcast, as well as NHL.com. And Kind of blew my mind. I remember Jimmy Dow with a little tucked in jersey of his uh, working his took us off. And I never would have guessed of all the players that have come through the wild that Jim Dowd would be the one holding that, I believe, from the second season of the wild existence. So kind of funny uh, little history lesson that reminded me there. But yeah, you, you like to see Krill showing up. I loved uh, Matt Boldy showing up tonight. I saw your tweet and I noticed the same thing of when you empower Matt Boldy with Krill Kaprizov. And I know the game was on the power play, but there was even another moment. Uh, in the first period on one of their first rushes when they killed that first Edmonton Oilers uh, penalty kill and they were still paired on the ice. And, uh, you know, Boldy went through a little bit of a rough patch there, I thought, uh, at the beginning of November after a nice start to the season. 
And now all of a sudden he's starting to cook up a little bit. You, you saw, I think, all of the prominent wild players. You know, you mentioned Spurgeon and, and the defense really, really shutting down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to a degree, right? I mean, the guys, both of them still score goals. You're not gonna, you're not gonna shut them down, right? right. Like you're not gonna hold them off the score sheet. They're probably the right. two most lethal combos, uh, lethal line mates in the entire NHL. But you eliminated the damage, and you put up five uh, against a bad goalie in Jack Campbell, and maybe we'll get to that later. But regardless. Um, it, it was going to be a couple of haymakers, and the Wild threw more of them, and they get a big win. Yeah, and five to three, which was, for all intents and purposes, five to two, because the uh, the Oilers got their last goal at the 1956 mark of the third period, and it meant nothing. Is a night that you were definitely going to take, and I think the interesting thing about this game as well, Dex, is it showed um, very clearly the difference between the Wild, which certainly is not a star laden team. Uh, and the Oilers, which has two just unbe- unbelievable stars, and Kaprizov for the Wild is very, very good. But I think what we saw tonight, too, is the depth of the Wild compared to a team like the Oilers, who look flat out beyond Dreisaitl, beyond McDavid, beyond your man crush, and has been for years, RNH, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, if you look at the the uh, the line charts for the Oilers going into this game and the scoring and the amount of guys that are underachieving there, you know the difference tonight was what you got. Uh, you got goals from Steele. You got a goal and an assist from Eck. And I want to get back to him in a second. Yeah, me too. Zuccarello scores. Goudreau scores. And and then Kaprizov scores. So I think what we really saw tonight, and this is not to say that the Wild is the deepest team in the league, but the Oilers are this sort of perceived, oh, my God, it's the Oilers. Um, their depth is not nearly as productive as the Wilds can be. And I really like this effort tonight. Like, I, I thought that there was a lot to like. Um, the Wild took what Foligno, I believe, took a penalty 17 17- seconds in and then the wild took another penalty and that's the that's the uh, power play that dry just with a sick shot beat mm-hmm. florian but you know for the most part i thought the wild played a smart game a disciplined game and that does get us to erickson eck in that line um eck in particular going against you know an all-world player and a guy who has made people look absolutely stupid previously at times um a goal an assist five shots, and this is what I love. Guys like this who are really good defensively but have skill decks, I think they absolutely thrive in situations like this. And and among the games I saw tonight, Kaprizov was very good, but I think Joel Erickson Eck, to me, impressed me the most because going against a guy that is the best player in the world has to shut him down, he might not have – shut him down completely. But more importantly, he had a really good night, and that Greenway-Felino-Eck line, um, which was back together, I think, since the first time that that, uh, Greenway tried to come back, was absolutely, I thought, on point, outstanding, and that starts with number 14. He's just quietly having a really, really good year in Joel Erickson-Eck, so he's on pace to set basically career highs across the board, uh, 23 goals, 66 points. Yeah, he's been on a tear lately, and he's never going to be someone, I know Bill Guerin mocked me, uh, for this on this show, I, I he's not going to be someone who outskills you. He's going to be someone who outworks you. He's going to outwork your out, outwork the opposition. And this gets kind of back, back to the grand point of your favorite word. And I know this wasn't a Bally broad Bally's broadcast tonight, but the identity of this wild team, which is going to have to be working their butts off, and that starts with a guy like Joel Eriksson Eck, right? Like 
he's going to get garbage time goals. He got a garbage time one tonight on the power play. That was really impressive. So he's having a very, very good season. Um, he's back with Greenway and Eck and Greenway, who has just been battling injuries since before the season even started, is finally healthy. He rung the post tonight even too. Um, yep. you, you saw Here's that I, that that identity line basically in Greenway, Eck, and Polino, and when they're you know working their butts off, it makes life a lot easier for everyone else. You know, I, I Sam Steele, I haven't, still haven't seen him in person. You know, I still haven't well, I still haven't seen him play on the top line. Excuse me, in person. Um, I would still like to see him play a little bit. Just get my eyes on him, just so I can see what was going on. I know he had another big game tonight, scoring a goal between Kirill and Matt Zuccarello. But I, I really think you know Eck being basically this garbage man who can get rewarded with not just um, greasy goals, but a guy who is going to work his took us off every single night. And for the fact that he ends up on the score sheet and is just quietly on pace to score almost 25 goals this season is pretty damn impressive. I think Eck is more crafty, craftily, if that's a word, skilled than we think. But yes, his whole thing starts with working. And I mean, he is, he has got to be one of the, one of the league's top agitators. Because he pisses everybody off, and that's a good thing. That's a compliment. But I think that we probably see him work and think that that's his role, and that is certainly how his success starts. But I think from that work, there is also a skill that he combines there that makes it impressive. Um, But, I mean, that that line tonight, I think, as I said, Eck had five shots. Felino had none. Greenway had three. I think that outshot – I think they outshot, excuse me, the McDavid line eight to seven. So, I mean, this was an impressive performance. Um, this was really good. As far as Steele goes, he played well tonight. Do I believe that Sam Steele is, like, the ideal guy here? Absolutely not. I will say this as far as the Wilds thinking from people I've talked to. Um, it sounds like they are just convinced, though, that Zuccarello and Kaprizov's chemistry is so great that as long as the center doesn't screw them up, as long as the center does his job, um, I don't think they're on the hunt for a skill type player as much as we would probably. I think well, I think I speak for you as well that we would prefer. Um, I will say this: okay, if I'm going to go down that path, if I'm going to accept the fact that you know what Steele's not great, but he's certainly not awful, and tonight he was good, and and the first game that he was with these guys, which I believe also came earlier on this homestand, in that game in particular, I think it was what against Carolina or something, he, he played well. That being said. If I'm going to go, if I'm going to agree with that and just say, okay, Zuccarello and Kaprizov are so good, uh, and the center doesn't necessarily have to be the facilitator here. Uh, I want to get back to the Boldy thing then, because I don't think Boldy is being done. I think Boldy is being done a disservice, I should say, with Goudreau, and then tonight because of things uh, that had transpired with guys being moved around or out. Uh, Patan was the winger. Um, that is a line to me that is a work, working man's line. And Baldy's hockey sense, and we saw him on the beautiful assist on the power play to Kaprizov, um, I would just really love to see Boldy put on a line with, with – and it doesn't, I guess, in the Wilds thinking, Declan, have to be a center, but with one other guy who can facilitate with him – Boldy's hockey IQ is so high, mm-hmm. it's almost a shame because he's got skill as well that he doesn't get a, a chance. It's what made the combination last season with Fiala so potent, right? Two guys with unbelievable skill and, and Boldy sense. I'd love to see him on a line that had a little bit more pizzazz from at least the center or the wing, and I don't feel like we're getting that right now. 
Yeah, it's really too bad because because Fial was more the uh, sniper and the guy who just loved to make big time goals. And look, I, I think Boldy has also that in him to a degree, but it's just in a different style. Um, where he, yeah, his hockey IQ, I think that's probably a, a better way to put it, is through the roof. He has a very very good hockey IQ, and the the probably the better news is I think what the Wild are obviously banking on is if Marco Rossi does find his confidence and his game in Iowa, and I don't believe he'll be long for staying in Iowa long term. And for the long term, I also don't think they're going to be calling him up in the next week pending a major injury. That that's their banking on. They, they'll, they'll bank on the fact that they'll get Matt uh, Marco Rossi up here. It sparks Matthew Bode to be even a little bit more aggressive. Obviously, then on the other side of that, it makes Marco Rossi that much better being put in positions from a good facilitator um, in, 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 in Matt Boldy as well. And yeah, it, it would be nice for him to find uh, some consistent line mates here. Just looking at the players that he has spent the most time on ice with this season, just from a five-on-five standpoint, uh, he spent the most, obviously, time with Frederick Goudreau, uh, 105 minutes with him. Corsi Ford, well under 50%. Uh, with Marco Rossi, spend a little time with him under 50%. With Marcus Foligno, it's at 40%. You know, th- this is where sometimes, you know, you, you can't really look at everything that Corsi is, but I do agree that he's too good of a player to be put with slappies. And not not even slappies, because some of those guys are obviously good players, but you have to complement his skill set. And if that means you're waiting on Marco Rossi, I, I can get down with that fact because it means you don't have to give up anything. But then at the same time, all right, if you can't get a number one center just because, you know, the price is enormous and you don't want to shell out something, can you find a second or third tier guy that makes Matt Boldy and that line wing, just right? that much better? Or a wing, too, yeah. Like you can a find wing. a wing. I, I don't care. I just want him. And and to be very, very clear here, I think we both appreciate what Goudreau brings here. So mm-hmm. it's not like we think he's crappy. He's not. Like, he serves a role. I, I think he's a good player. Uh, but w- watch Boldy on the power play or when, when he actually, after the wild kills penalties, they usually put him at center with Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Watch those shifts and watch what Boldy does and the freedom that he has because his hockey, hockey IQ and skill set is so high. That's what I want to see brought out. And I just don't think playing on the lines that he is currently even touches that. I mean, Fiala did for sure. And right. I know, I know he's gone and he ain't coming back, but I guess that's my – if I'm going to buy into, okay, you're going to put Sam Steele, who's going to pop up and have good games, but you're going to put Sam Steele between two guys that are outstanding and one who's a superstar, then I I need to see Boldy get more. And if that's Rossi coming back and playing more – but, I mean, here's here's my thing about that. If Rossi now continues to play well in Des Moines and he gets his chance again, he needs to be given his chance. Yep. Like it can't continue to be well. Marco Rossi's back, and he's a fourth line guy. Like, like the next when he comes back here, when they deem him prepared to come back, and ho- hopefully he builds off that first game with with uh, with in Des Moines and can actually take off from there. He needs to come back and play and play with a top line, and he play he needs to play with Boldy consistently. And it can't be every time that they don't like how he played. It can't be like okay, we're gonna put Goudreau back with. Boldy. You need to have it be where you can get those two working together, or you need to find a solution to put Boldy with one other player that you can at least consider to be pretty highly skilled. Goudreau is a checker. He's a hard worker. I like him, but he's not the guy that I want with Boldy. 
Uh, I'll give my thought here in just a second. But by the way, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment on this YouTube channel. This is Score North. This is specifically Judd's Hockey Show. That's Judd Zolgat. I'm Declan Goff. We break down Minnesota wild content, uh, recaps, uh, reckless speculation, whatever it may be. So if this is the first time you're discovering us, of course, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify, too. We're on the Score North app, which is a central hub for everything we do. But if you like watching our pretty mugs for whatever reason on this YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Wild Entertainment as Judd uh, fixes his hair there. Um, yeah, I, I think from Rossi's side and the wild side, I think it's a little bit of a crossroads um, with how like in, in or in a pie chart of who was more to blame there. Um, did the wild set him up to be successful right away? No, actually, I don't think they don't. Uh, or I, did, I don't think they did. Um, they were scratching him. They weren't putting him in positions to make a really big impact. And therefore, I think sometimes with Rossi's side, then he gets a little gun shy, right? Like now he's pressing a little bit. Now he has kind of lost some of his confidence. And then he goes down to Iowa and just, again, this is seeing game highlights from from the Twitter page of of the Iowa Wild and people who, for whatever reason, follow the AHL a lot closer than we do. Um, You can see a shoot first mentality. You just see a little bit more of an oozing confidence. And is he playing down with lesser competition? Of course, the gap between the AHL and the AHL is massive. But you'd like to think, if he continues to be Marco Rossi in the AHL, that when he gets back here and he has learned a lesson the first time to a degree, whether for the right or wrong reasons from the coaching staff, that he'll find his game again. Right. Um, and Matt Boldy came up here, you know, a few times where, um, you know, I would like to see him stay up here, but then he goes to Iowa and he bakes for a little bit in the minor leagues. It happens. It, it, it doesn't mean by any means that Marco Rossi is a bust by, and, and nor have you or I suggested that, but you could tell that um, he lost his confidence a little bit. And he probably rightfully so deserved to be playing in Iowa. And I, I think the long-term plan here, whether that plan starts in the new year, whether that starts here in a couple of weeks, because he forces their hand a little bit that Marco Rossi comes up and whether it's Rossi in the middle, I know he's a natural center or it's Boldy or whoever the hell it is that they'll complement each other. And then best things, best case scenario is those two work out very, very well. So I think that's probably their plan is that Rossi will thrive in the AHL level. He'll come back up. And then hopefully with, you know, Rossi and Boldy and then up top with Kirill and Matt Zuccarello, Sam Steele. Well, now all of a sudden you got at least four guys who can legitimately light up the lamps with, you know, your, your the rest of your hashtag depth. That'll hopefully work out and translate to more wins from uh, the beginning of the season where the Wild were scuffling a lot more. I just want to see the best brought out in guys like Boldy, who's got a lot there. Like, I just I feel like he is. Um, he is far from being unlocked when he's with uh, a guy like Goudreau, who, again, is going to do his job. Um, but, I mean, the Eck line, when it's working well, is unlocked. Like, that, it, it's damn good. Um, Kaprizov, to a certain point, is going to be a star no matter what. Zuccarello helps a lot. W- would a top-line uh, center help more? Absolutely. But the fact is, he's unlocked. That line is good enough. Uh or it's at times outstanding, but you know, the Boldy line and him where he is right now, I see him play the way he's trying to, and he's responsible. I mean, he does a good job, but I mean, there's more there. And to your point, there's more scoring there. Um, The last thing off tonight's game, as far as what was impressive goes too, is the wild one with Brodeen out and Brodeen has been, I believe in the past, because this team's had an uncanny amount of success against, Connor mm-hmm. McDavid and the Oilers. Brodine in the past has been an absolute key. Um, Dumba was uh, Dumba was paired with um, Goligoski tonight, and Dumba actually got a shot on net that Zuccarello tipped in. Congratulations! You see what happens when your shots hit the net. It was a bad goal on the part of Jack Campbell. Uh, but to win this game without Brodine, to me, 
is pretty impressive because that was one where I saw that, that he, I believe he got hurt in the game on uh, Sunday against the Coyotes after, I think he set out two games because he was sick. That was one I thought was going to be a big deal. And I'm not saying that the Dumbo-Goligoski combination didn't scare me at times, but they still won. And the job that I think Middleton in particular did as part of that five-some that stopped the McDavid line, um, that trade more and more looks mm-hmm. like a great trade. I, yep. I mean, he is – at first I thought, okay, he's, he's sort of a poor man's take your pick, right? Um, uh, he's a poor man's, I don't know, Josh Manson type of player. Uh, but the more I watch him play, and the, like tonight, I thought he was really good. He is he is a solid player, and I'm really surprised that the Sharks uh, didn't have a role for him considering where they are right now. Really impressed with, with his play. And you know what? I mean, he seems to me to fit really well – right now with Spurgeon. And this comes from a guy who the first time that they put those two together came yeah. on this show and said, what said, I don't think this is going <laughs> to work. I am going to self-report. I was totally wrong. Yeah. Jake Middleton was impressive tonight. And I think for the most part impresses most of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that was a really good trade. And look, the sharks took a, took a chance on Capo Cockney and jury's probably still out. I think we know who Capo is there, but that, that actually is going to go down. I think as one of the better, trades that Bill Guerin um, has made, and he's made a lot of them. He's not afraid to make moves, um, as we've seen in his short time as general manager, so that doesn't surprise me too much. Uh, Hey, by the way, by the way, uh, if it is this weekend that's going to be happening, obviously on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, why don't you go head out to Lake Ridge Liquors on Badness Heights off 694 and Rice Street. They have a great selection of of Surly products. They have a 40-foot whiskey wall, which I can't wait to see in person, and a ton of wine in stocks. Go check out Lake Ridge Liquors. And when you mention Score North, they'll also uh, sign you up for their rewards program, and they'll comp you 5 bucks on your second visit to Lake Ridge Liquors. That's off 694 and Rice Street in Vadness Heights in the North Metro. Go check them out. And, Judd, I can't guarantee what you're going to be doing after this game, but I do know you frequent uh, one of your favorite bars and, uh, and taverns, and you're very excited to welcome Park Tavern here to Judd's Hockey Oh, Show. absolutely. It brings a tear to my eye that, that I now have a beer in Surly and, and a bar that is basically in my backyard. It's fantastic. And that is a bar that you should uh, definitely frequent as well to watch games, uh, to get a bite to eat for a group outing. That is the Park Tavern, Louisiana, Louisiana Avenue South, St. Louis Park. ParkTavern.net is the site. Go there. It's got all of the information about um, about groups and how, how you can book your groups. And look, and look guys, if you got like a party to plan or something let's say your wife's birthday is coming up and you're like what am i gonna do it's too much work i'm gonna tell you right now park tavern parktavern.net is the place to go they're going to make your life as easy as possible and you will be a hero a hero at at home so again go to uh, parktavern.net for all the information and welcome aboard park tavern to the um to mackie and judd to purple daily and right now as you're watching judd's hockey show uh i do want to briefly bring up a subject that you did um, and said it, we, we might get back to it, and I think it's worth it. Uh, Jack Campbell signed a big contract mm-hmm. to be the goaltender for the Oilers. Uh, not sure about you, but so far, I think this has been an absolute oh. bust. He's not the best goaltender on the team. Uh, he left Toronto to sign in at Edmonton, and um, the Wild deserved to win tonight, okay? So I do want to be clear about that. The Wild deserved their win. That being said... Jack Campbell in no way, shape, or form helped his team. 
And if I'm Dreisaitl or McDavid at this point, I am shaking my head because when are uh, you, when when is Ken Holland or anyone who runs this team? When are they going to put a good team around those two superstars? I mean, honestly, Jack, I don't blame Edmonton in the moment when this happened last summer. Campbell's coming off two really good seasons with Toronto. Um, they haven't found any consistent goaltender for the entire run, essentially, of the of, of the Connor McDavid era, and he's been awful. He's statistically been, in traditional and analytic stats this year, legitimately the worst goaltender um, in the NHL. You saw the Kings waived, you know, Cal Peterson. I don't, I don't know. I didn't see if he was claimed or not he by anyone. Not. He's been sent so, down. So he goes now to their AHL affiliate too, and this is where man goaltending is so random. Um, you know, Cal Peterson, same thing. They were banking that he was the future post Jonathan quick. And then all of a sudden he signs a big deal and he's the second year, year into it. And he's going to the AHL. Uh, Jack Campbell comes off two really impressive years in Toronto. He goes over to Edmonton to be the man and he's been awful. And this is where you get, you really got to be thankful, uh, for the wild and how they really kind of address goaltending. Even, even you know the Devin Dubnik era, we were probably more critical as of it towards the end. Uh, but they, they never pay top dollar to goalies. They never overspend for goalies. They never overcommit to goaltenders. It's the one position in a really salary cap era league that can just kill you. Obviously, their play on the ice can kill you when they're playing poorly too. But when you're locked into big deals like that, gosh, it is it is abysmal and almost impossible to get out of. So kudos to Bill Guerin for you know able to get up Mark Andre Fleury here, who you know didn't see a lot of shots tonight. And when again you're going against Drysaddle McDavid, and if those are the two goals, I know they got a garbage one at the end. Yeah, but those if, two goals are yeah, you can't stop. You know, it, and and he was left off to dry both of them. I mean, both of them had the entire barn door open, and it's it's hard to you're not going to stop those two, but can you limit those two, and can you outchance those two? Right. That's the Wild were able to do tonight. So kudos to Mark Andre Fleury too on the other side in net. We held his own and gave the Wild a big-time win, too. Third-period power play save that the Flower made on, on Nugent Hopkins with his blocker was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Big and save. I believe if they scored that goal, they're within one goal. And then it's a different game. And so, yeah, that was a great save. Yes, the two goals, the first, um, the Dreisaitl goal, he had no chance. Dreisaitl, incredible shot, bad angle shot, but it was fantastic. The the dry sidle to McDavid that I think came from a Zach Hyman pass goal in the second period was a thing of beauty. It was right below me in the press box. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I have no regrets about that goal. <laughs> that goal was gorgeous. And McDavid moves at such a, a speed. I know. It's funny to watch him because you know McDavid and Kaprizov are very different players. They are very oh, yeah. they're, they're both incredibly effective, but Kaprizov is stronger. He edges more. McDavid's mm-hmm. just flat out unbelievably fast. Uh, Kaprizov definitely wants to smoke more. Like he's willing to go, he's willing to go into places where I think McDavid's like, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Um, but the the Eckline tonight too, and they, especially I noticed this on Drysaddle more than McDavid, probably because you can catch Drysaddle Declan. They did a really good job of beating Drysaddle up. That's why Drysaddle took a, a punched Eck in, in the face late in the third period because he was thoroughly frustrated. But they knocked him around they knocked him off his skates about three or four times and it was like they they had a plan there and i loved that so that was good the other thing now is is and i think we talked about this at the point where if i'm not mistaken it was after the toronto game and the wild was two and two on a seven game homestand they are now four and two a game against the ducks they should win on saturday afternoon is left um but if you look at the standings right now i, I know it's december 1st 
but this is why these points are so huge. Yep. Because right now, if I'm not mistaken, the Wild is technically in the last wild card spot. They're tied with the Predators in points, uh, but they are technically above them. But the point is this. These wins are still enormous. These wins are, I mean, this is not like, oh, it's early and everybody makes the playoffs. It's the Western Conference is a cluster bleak. So this is really important. Yeah, this, you know, this is where the Stars getting off to a hot start. Colorado not playing up to par yet. This is where you got to bank these points. You know, Chicago and Arizona, Chicago's come down to earth after their kind of nice start to the season. You know, I don't know if the Blues will start figuring out a little bit more. Um, we'll wait and see. But yeah, you, you can't pass up two points here. And, and, the, and the Wild have figured out ways to to kind of string together some consistent wins here after kind of a funky start to the year. And at least uh, finally Judd here will actually have some hockey games to play after. This is the first. Stop your complaining. This is the the first live edition we have been able to break down a win in over a month. Not because we haven't been around to do it necessarily, because there's so many GD off days and they play in the afternoon like weirdos. Your schedule uh, griping is really, Ugh. it's reached a new height. It's reached heights it's that I've, I've not seen. It's ridiculous. You don't Play want to come hockey. back on Saturday at like 3.30 and break down a, a potential win against the Ducks here? No. To end their seven-game homestand before they go on the road for a week and then come home for like four more? The just, schedule's crazy. Just just make normal hockey games. That's all I'm, all I'm you asking. You late-night games. Yeah, but like in fact, you're gonna love next week because I yeah, think next week's great. It's uh, if I'm not mistaken, that they're going to Western Canada. Perfect. So we'll probably do uh, either late night editions or early morning editions. We'll we'll figure it out. Hey, by the way, one last uh, shout out to uh, Patrick Schoonover. You know, we did the give it to the Max Day um, a few weeks ago, and you guys helped raise almost five thousand, uh, almost four thousand dollars for Patrick Schoonover Foundation. If you awesome. still like to donate, you can still do that. It's in the YouTube description. It's score for Patrick. GiveMN.com slash score for Patrick. If you'd like to donate. Um, it's a really unique uh, uh, charity there. So go donate. It's scoreforpatrick.com. Uh, and by the way, hit the subscribe button too for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment on this YouTube channel. Judd, anything else uh, before we wrap up here? I'm good. All right, man. Uh, hit home. Yeah, get home. Give me an evening, Judd. I'll give you one in a second. Go, 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 go feed right Stella the dog. Let her out one more time. I got Vinny out for one more, one more potty break. We'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be all set for from the canines on. On our end. All right, we'll be back uh, later this weekend uh, for more Judd's Hockey Show and Pass Shoot Score.